0: All right, welcome back, Silver and Black. Today an Odyssey Original Podcast, we are in our post-game show. Thank you for joining us. Uh, if you're joining us live on YouTube, thanks. for seeing the chat go by, and uh, appreciate all the comments there, guys. Sorry about the technical stuff for the YouTube folks early on, uh, but we got it all ironed out, and we're here joining you, so we appreciate the discussion. Uh, and again, thanks to Murph for joining us for the voice of the fan. Uh, okay, Mo, so we talked about the game, we talked about the offensive line, but... Man, I, I just don't know, how, even if they sign a veteran, that might bring some stability there. But I still worry about uh, the depth there because some of what I'm seeing is not encouraging because we know nicks and bangs and bruises, You know, very few offensive linemen uh, are able to go every single time. Uh, and, and for me, the Raiders' depth there is a concern. It's something they knew about coming into this season. let's say they go sign uh, a good veteran uh, and they get that spot, at least addressed at the surface level. What else worries you on that line as far as um, uh, the depth there?
1: Yeah, just the guy, Alex bars is supposed to be the guy that could play four or five different positions. But as I mentioned early in the show, gave up three pressures against the Jaguars. Didn't look good today. I, I, he, I don't know if he's going to make the 50 man roster, but if I were to try to swap him out for maybe an Eric Flowers, I would mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as right, I think the guard, the starting guard positions are set. I think Lester Cotton is yeah. going to start. I think John Simpson is going to start their respective positions right and left. Uh, as we all know, Kel- uh, Colton Miller was a lock. I think. Thayer Mumford made it interesting at right tackle with Brandon Parker still out. And Alice playing into the, into the fourth quarter, protecting again, chase Gabriel's with, with third stringers, uh, <laughs> other good. than signing, other than signing the right tackle. I think they just need another death piece who can play three or four positions on, on, on the interior and possibly outside. Now, as far as the solid backups, they have Dylan Parham, even though he gave up that big sack, I think he's going to be a solid backup. And Jermaine Illuminar who can play, Outside and inside, again, I think he's going to be the new Denzel. Good can play guard, can play tackle. I think he's solid. But other than those two, I think they need a little bit more depth there on the offensive line.
0: They do, and 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 let's talk about Parham for a second because you you talked about him playing there at center. I thought he looked good. Um, you had obviously, like you said, the big the big uh, sack. Uh, where he got caught on the right side trying to help out on the guard, uh, and they rushed up the middle, so he left his left side open up the middle, and that's where the sack was committed. Um, when you look at what he's able to do there, I think, I mean, clearly they're looking at him to to cover those two roles. That's part of the reason they drafted him, but I thought he excelled for the most part, too. Um, the center-to-quarterback exchange was good with, with both, um, and this is a guy who could end up developing into really a fine – Player that gives you some of the depth that i'm talking about that they lack currently
1: Yeah, i'm pretty high on but you know how social media works He gave up the sack and that's what people are going to focus on <laughs> But if you look at the entirety of the game He had a pretty decent game and he's a rookie. He's going to make some mistakes You got to expect that it's the preseason. This is where you get the kinks out So i'm not i'm not too worried again I'm not too worried about him or illuminar being backups with the offensive line It's just who else other than that is going to be able to stick and that you can depend on I think denzel good retiring dealt a big blow to the offensive line that they haven't yet replaced.
0: Yeah. And, and, and uh, the nation's love affair uh, with Walter is, is well underway, but you look at Britain Brown tonight. Uh, here's a kid that, you know, you look at how, hey, okay, he's on, he's on the, the Raiders preseason roster and it's great. You get to showcase yourself, but this is a kid who, who really played well today uh, runs the ball. Well, I like, I like how he's balanced and, and what he's able to bring, but you notice, and, and I, I kept pointing this out to a couple other Raiders fans uh, via DM on Twitter during the game, which is if you look at the running backs overall, Um, if you look at how similar they are, right. And, and how they do things the same way you're getting insight here without the offense showing you too much, of course, in preseason, but you're getting to see the type of player, the type of running back and the type of plays that are used by Josh McDaniel in this defense. Talk a little bit more about that and why you're seeing running backs like Britton Brown and the others do so well in the system.
1: Yeah, they're they're downhill decisive plays. I think this is mentioned multiple times during the broadcast, decisive runs, not too mm. much, you know, pitter-patter with their feet, false steps and things of that nature, they just hit the hole and keep it moving. So I think that's a good thing especially when you're inside the red zone, you're trying to punch the ball in. I think we mentioned how Josh McDaniels was a little upset about how the Raiders didn't punch the ball in on the red zone one drive, but Again, they have the running backs to do that because he's not running backs who go east-west too much. They're going north-south downhill. So that's what you're seeing from the, from the Raiders' uh, rushing offense. I believe it was they have, what is it, 299 rushing yards and five touchdowns in two games. I think that's important because you want to build confidence because the Raiders' rushing offense, as a lot of people know, didn't play well that year. So I think it was important, Josh, because I may not say this, but I think it was important for the Raiders rushing offense to get out there and play well during the preseason after what they looked like last year uh, toward the end of the year. I know they had some good weeks here and there, but just not enough. And I think these performances build a lot of confidence.
0: The other thing we haven't talked about, Mo, but I'll talk about it tonight as they went eight of 17, the improvement on third down. And again, we're not seeing the starting offense here, but the improvement, and it goes back to a lot of the pre-snap penalties we talked about all of last year and the year before and the year before. Uh, But you look at this team too, one of the real big positives coming out of these two games with the penalties has been the ability for this offense, the way it's structured, the way it uses its personnel to take a, a third and medium or third and short and convert the Raiders were not able to do that so many times over the last couple of years. And it led them to some of these great comeback wins. Yes, but these are the types of things that Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, as the construction man building this team, look at are guys who are going to execute and you win championships by doing, by converting on third down when you need to, so that you have the opportunity to keep alive and change and flip the field.
1: What do you know? It, it works out well when you don't shoot yourself in the foot <laughs> and, and make it a third and long situation, huh? You know, or leave it to it, the referees, look. right? You know, you know, it, I, and I and I again I tweeted this that the Raiders look like the more disciplined team again today, and I think that's a pattern we're going to see going into the regular season. Yeah. Uh big shout out to again Demarcus Robinson for climbing up and getting that big catch to get the Raiders uh, to be able to convert on a fourth down with, with Britton Brown. He ran a short run to the outside after the inside collapse, but. Again, the Raiders are, are a more efficient, more disciplined football team, and I think details that you're seeing that Josh McDaniels and the coach staff drill into the players starting to show on the field.
0: Also, on the defensive side, Mo, uh, there's a guy that you may know. You talk about him sometimes, Darian Butler. Remember that guy? Led the team in tackles again tonight. Also, another player we talked about on our last show on Thursday, and I think we might even mention him on the mail show on Friday, the mailbag show um is is Darius Phillips right uh who came in you called that last week you said hey he played nicely don't sleep on him he's an important veteran played with the Bengals went to the Super Bowl last year here's a guy who stepped in and did really well uh, throughout the game and I noticed that it stuck out to me significantly
1: very active on the back end. If I were to nick pit anything, uh he has to wrap up though. There was one play where he bounced off of uh you, you gotta wrap up. If you wrap up, that you know, that play stops. You don't want to let go of these long games because that drives coaches nuts. <laughs> when you let when you let a uh, how you six, get cut. Six, eight, right when you let a six to eight yarder go for fifteen because you just bounced off the, the wide receiver or the running back. So other than that, I think he's still pretty solid. I think he's gonna make the roster, especially with again these cornerbacks not playing. Trayvon Mullen. You know, still recovering from a surgery. Anthony Aver not on the field yet. Rocky Sin, not on the field yet. So with these guys, the, I believe they have it till August 23rd before they have to come back, before they have to go on PUP for four weeks. Right. But with those guys not playing, a guy like Darius Phillips is probably going to get some playing time because those guys have to get up to speed.
0: Yeah, how concerned are you with those guys, though? Um, I mean, you've gone through one game. They've gotten no time. Now you're going to go into your second. If they don't play this coming week, then... The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday.
1: I would be more concerned because even though those are your top guys, this isn't Jalen Ramsey or Stefan Gilmore we're talking about. These are right. young players who are still developing, so they need the time on the field. So them not playing these first two preseason games, I would hope that they get some time in the next preseason game against the Dolphins because if they don't, I would go out and get some help because that means that they're maybe hurt more than where they're leading on because – Think about where Josh McDaniels comes from, comes from new England. Bill Belichick is not going to tell you about the extent of injuries to his players. So how banged up are these guys and are they willing to come back and play because they need those reps.
0: Yeah. And until they actually have to report injuries like they do during the regular season, we won't know much at all to your point. So uh, it'll have to take your word, their word for it and say, okay, they'll be back. They're working on it. Same thing with Darren Waller. We heard the same uh, with him that he's taking his time and all that kind of stuff. So so we get it, uh, which, is, which is perfectly fine. Um, we talked earlier in the show, and I want to revisit because um, I, you know, I had some folks, oh, don't push the panic button on the, the interior defense and the offensive line yet. Um, I'm not pushing the panic button, but as you mentioned at the top of the show, Mo, you win in the NFL in the trenches. Yes, you have to have a quarterback. Yes, you have to have skill positions, don't get me wrong. Raider fans are very excited about this team because of all of the changes, including the coaching changes, including the offensive scheme changes, defensive scheme, all of that stuff, and they should be. But if this continues on for two weeks and we get to the start of the regular season and there's these big question marks, then um, I would temper my excitement about where this team can go. Now, they can always prove me wrong. Somebody can step up and change performance Uh, rapidly. We'll see if that happens. It hasn't thus far. But um, I think as each week goes on and they have the ability and the money to go get help, um, that's going to be really telling to see what this team is doing. Because I've been telling people, be optimistic. You should be. But at the same time, is this team a Super Bowl contending team? I don't think so because of those two reasons.
1: I believe it was Chris who brought up in our mailbag show. Mm-hmm. Who's going to be the guy to step up in the, on the interior of the defensive line? And thus far, we have not seen that. I was expecting Neil Farrell and Matthew Butler, the two rookies in the fourth and fifth round, respectively, to show us a little bit more. But they haven't. Yeah, Petko had, had a couple of splash plays and Billings had a good stop. But it's just not enough. And the Raiders desperately need Bilal Nichols and Jonathan Hankins to come back. Because if those guys are not back, that run defense, specifically on the interior could be in trouble if the stars are not in uniform for week one against the Chargers.
0: Yeah, no question. Um, and our, our viewer Kip brought up in the, in the chat. I want to bring this up too, Uh who will be the number three quarterback. I don't know that they'll have one. Uh, I know they have over the last couple of years that goes by coaches. Some coaches keep three. We saw John Gruden kept Nathan Peterman around forever. Um, and when Mariota got hurt, that made sense, but I don't know. I mean, Nick Mullins looked good in this game. Mo, but uh, Jared Stedham still continues to be, to me, the number two guy with the familiarity with the offense, what he does with his legs. Mullins can also also run as well. Um, I guess it's all going to come down to uh, who else performs in what position and who else they want to keep and who has value, because sometimes the roster sets and who you protect, who you keep on the roster depends on if it's a talent you don't want to put out there because you might not be able to get them back.
1: You're absolutely right, and it's going to be tough because they have a crowded running back room. The wide receivers mm. haven't separated themselves, so it's going to come down to who you know. The coaches are probably going to have a discussion about who can we put on the practice squad, and another team won't poach them away from us. Yeah, usually that's that's a discussion that's had, like who can we stash away and we can kind of hide for a while just in case, it, and they won't you know get signed by another team. So I think that discussion has to be had. But about the quarterbacks, I don't, I I wouldn't even declare a number two clear right now. Stat Stidham has shown that he could be that guy, but I like what Mullins did today. He had mm-hmm. a big third-down conversion, used his wheels. I, I like how he played, and I think he he made up some ground instead of gained it last week. I think Mullins basically made it up this week, so we'll see what happens there, but it's going to be telling what's going to happen in the next two weeks at the quarterback position.
0: Yes, Uh as well, and you talked about running back, and and you surprised me at the beginning, but I your logic is, is dead on, which is, if you missed the top of the show, Kenyon Drake um Kenyon drake was out there more tonight in that role that he's so good at catching the ball out of the backfield with that crowded room and that salary now of course i think the raiders if even if they were to move him would have to eat some of that salary but at least you get some it off some of it off the books, especially if you need help on the inside on the offense and the defensive side
1: yeah i wrote about this over on sports now if the raiders outright cut Ken and Drake they don't gain anything they're still on the hook for 3.6 million if they trade him I believe they they're still on the hook for 1.1 million but they say it's about 2.75 or whatever the case is so I I think they would try to move him if anything I think they were showcasing him today because Amir Abdullah again did not play today Josh mm-hmm. Jacobs did not play today usually guys who don't play in certain preseason games, are usually guys who are safe, and they sign Brandon Bolden to a two-year deal. And usually guys like that, again, you don't cut if you just sign him to a two-year deal. Of course, Brandon Bolden came over from New England with Josh McDaniels, so he's probably securing his spot. So again, in that sports Sportsnet piece, I wrote, it's probably between Amir Abdullah and Kenyon Drake. And in MMQB's Albert Breer said that basically Amir Abdullah is in the lead for that James White role. Yeah. So if he's in the lead for that James Wright role, that means Kenyon Drake, you know, his 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 role in the backfield is kind of iffy. So if a team wants him, I'm I'm sure the Rays will probably explore options if there are tr- good trade offers out there. But again, you you have Zemir White, Josh Jacobs at the top of the depth chart, Brandon Bowley who can catch out of the backfield. And if Amir Abdullah is your primary pass catcher, there's not much room for Kenyon Drake. So he's he would be the odd man out.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. I agree with you 100%. Um, Okay, we're going to wrap up the show, this quick reaction show, post-game show for now. We've been on for almost an hour. We appreciate it again. Sorry for some of the technical difficulties at the beginning uh, where most of you on YouTube might not have seen a lot of the show. If you missed the top six minutes of the the kickoff of the show, it was really good. So go back and listen to it on the podcast, which you can, of course, subscribe to the Silver and Black Today podcast wherever you get your podcast. That'll be ready for... Um, uh, tomorrow morning. So make sure you do that on your commute to work, whether you're taking the train, taking the car, whatever you're doing, uh, make sure you do that as well. And on Tuesday, Mo, we're going to be back uh, right here talking, again, Raiders football. We're going to have time to go back and look at it. I was a little disjointed today. I, I think I missed some stuff, so I want to go back again and look uh, at the at the game again, and then we'll do that. So we'll do another recap and find some things that we might not have seen or or reinforce some of our takeaways from the game, We're also going to explore Darren Waller's comment. Murph mentioned it earlier in the show from the Bussin' with the Boys with Will Compton show uh, this past week. We want to talk about that. We haven't had a chance to talk about it. So we're going to do that a little bit and what that means and what it says sort of about how the Raiders were and how they are now, which is much different. So it'll be exciting. And uh, we'll see what else happens in the next couple of days, Mo, before we uh, rejoin this audience and rejoin Raider Nation. Uh, But overall, less less, um, I think, peppy about this game as I was against the game in Canton. But that's the nature of the preseason, right? Is you up and down and then you're going to start seeing roster movements pretty soon. Let's see if the Raiders finally go out and get some of that help at offensive line this week.
1: One guy I want to give a shout out to that I feel like didn't get enough love in this show, Malcolm Kuntz. Yes. another Buffalo pass rusher out of another pass rusher out of Buffalo. Khalil Mack was the first one, by the way. Um, not to compare the two, but Khalil, uh, Malcolm Kuntz, I think, has is done a great job of wrapping up that third edge rusher position. As we all know, Kyler Fackel is on injured reserve, but I think Koontz has had a really good preseason. and He deserves a lot of love. Got a sack today, uh, gotten dinged up, but got up, and he's going to be fine. I think he could take a big jump in his second year.
0: Yeah, and I did see, too, I don't know, just a a fan-related thing, and I see Rick uh, Meisch from Minnesota says, no friggin' broadcast of the preseason game in Minnesota. The NFL should be condemned. I also had our good friend Christopher Gabriel, who's on the radio in Fresno, who was in Fresno, and they didn't get the game on the NFL Network, too. I don't know why that happened. No clue. Uh, They were being shown a replay of yesterday's Chiefs game. I don't know why some broadcast rights or whatnot, but I will tell you, Rick, um, that uh, I told Chris during the game, go NFL Plus has all the preseason games streaming. Uh, so even if you just get it, you get, a, I think, a seven or 10-day free trial. And then if you don't want it, great. If not, it's like $10 a month. So if you want to pay $10 to see the next two Raider games, you can do that. But, but I don't know why it wasn't national on NFL Network, uh, but we'll try to get you an answer before the next show. Raider Nation doesn't like when they can't see their team, mo.
1: Yeah, even if it's preseason. Uh, right. They want to see their football team because at, people people dump on the preseason. Oh, it doesn't matter. I've seen some people in my mentions. Oh, it doesn't matter. doesn't count. Hell, yeah, it does. Guys <laughs> have to develop. There are rookies right. out there. You got to figure out your right tackle position. You got to figure out if guys can step on on the interior defensive line. Preseason yeah. matters. It may not matter in the win-loss column, but it matters in player development.
0: Absolutely. It does. And that, that's why I watch it. I don't watch it for the result of the game. I watch it to watch these positions, to watch Alex Leatherwood struggle again, to watch Malcolm Kuntz have a hell of a first half, I thought, uh, and really did really, really well. Those are the kind of things I watch these games for. So it's not as enjoyable from a fan perspective because you're not, it's not as an emotional, um, I think, investment into the game itself. But these are the guys that are going to be on your team. So it's good to know, even if it's a second or third stringer, because with injuries, believe it or not, our special teams, guys are going to come uh, in and get some time here and there. So it's it's nice to see that. So we'll see. Hopefully we'll figure it out and, and understand why the NFL wasn't playing this game. Uh, and I will send a note to the Raiders and ask them if they can find out for us. So I appreciate that. All right, Mo. Um, we will see you on Tuesday, my friend.
1: See you guys on Tuesday. We'll break down more of the game. and look like ahead to the Dolphins.
0: Absolutely. Okay. For Momo, and I'm Scott Branson. Remember, this is Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Drop us a five-star review. Also, go up to our YouTube page. Hit like, hit the notification bell so that when we are on here on video, you can also be notified of that. But thank you guys all for joining us. Thanks to Murph for his Voice of the Fan segment that we do every post-game. Really infi- insightful and great stuff and always some laughs and good times with Murph uh, from Raiders fan radio. So thank you to him. And until Tuesday, remember, make sure you take care of one another out there and have a great week.